Welcome to the Tax Girl Podcast, your home for tax news, tax info, and tax policy. In each episode, I'll share conversations about taxes, money, and the choices we make. I'm your host, Kelly phillips Herb, Tax Girl. I'm a tax attorney, and I work with taxpayers and tax practitioners like you every day. There's a lot to talk about, so let's get started. If you're a regular listener on the show, you probably know that of all the special areas of focus in the tax world, I struggle the most with partnerships. Inside basis, outside basis, allocation, it can make my eyes cross. Fortunately, there are folks who know this far better than I do, and they are constantly thinking of new ways to leverage pass-through tax characteristics in ways that benefit taxpayers. One of these techniques involves private equity funds. Private equity funds use partnerships to help with a range of issues, including location of investments, domestic or offshore, partner allocation models, and partner preferences. The result is an increasingly complex business landscape. And as the complexity has grown, so has the challenge of tax compliance. To talk about how technology can help meet those challenges, I've asked Jerry Musi to the show. Jerry recently penned an article for Bloomberg Tax, which I will have in the show notes for you. Jerry is a tax partner at RSM LLP, specializing in asset management funds. He is also the RSM LLP National Tax Financial Service Industry Leader. He's been in practice for over 25 years, and important to our discussion, he is heavily involved with promoting the firm's Partnership Tax Technology Program. Thanks so much for being on the show today, Jerry. Oh, thank you, Kelly. No problem. So first of all, I think when people think of technology, you know, there's a lot of people that are already like reaching for the pause button because it is overwhelming for a lot of folks, especially when you combine tax and technology, because those are two complicated areas. So how did you get involved in tax and technology to begin with? Well, I've been in the field for quite some time. And the one area that I noticed around me was uh, that the tax area was pretty much not really going ahead with technology issues. My similar services, just like audit or consultant, you see a lot of technology movement in those areas. Tax has been one of the areas that you really haven't seen much technology advancement. So I always found it interesting that we were using the same technology platforms that we as we've had in the past. So we decided as a firm to invest in a partnership technology platform that can help private equity funds with issues that are very common to most. And that is really to answer LP questions about their tax returns, mm-hmm. about their K-1s, effectively and efficiently get the K-1s out to them, give them the ability to know what their tax basis is, and give them the ability to understand what a tiering structure private equity fund is. And can you take a minute to explain for folks who might not be familiar with private equity funds what that means? Today, a lot of private equity funds have come a long way. Since I've been in practice, private equity funds have started with uh, entities that are a fund that owns investments in, let's say, C corporations, which are pretty straightforward. When the LLC boom helped in, there was a lot more investments in LLCs. And LLCs are additional partnerships that can bring on issues like effectively connected income for foreign partners, unrelated business taxable income for tax-exempt partners, the, the expansion of global business 
has given private equity funds the ability to invest globally as well. So what happened is the way to try to arrange that to be more tax efficient is to create co-partnerships or co-investments or a tiered structure, as we call it, almost like a domino effect, one entity above the other, and then to the left and then to the right. And after a while, it's a lawyer's dream to have (laughs) five or six, seven different entities in one structure. And it can get overwhelming. It can get overwhelming. And most of the time, these are on a structure chart that are so small to, to see. You have to expand the view on a PDF. So for a novice LP, a partner in a private equity fund with, let's say, a $5 million investment, it's very difficult to understand. So what I think technology has done for that is it's simplified it for the fund CFOs, the GPs, and their limited partners. I think that that's one of the things we saw, especially you mentioned kind of the rise of LLCs. But I do think in the early 2000s, there were a lot of people who were interested in the LLCs because it is attractive because you get the limited liability protection on the legal side, but you can opt to have the pass-through taxation on the tax side. So it's a really yes. appealing vehicle, right? It still be It still is an appealing vehicle for many reasons. And you've just named a few. Another uh, reason that LLCs are very valuable to a PE fund is when they sell the investment. It's much more attractive to a seller to buy an LLC than potentially maybe a pork. And why was that? Because the ability to do something called a step up. So the buyer of an LLC would be able to step up his investment to a value that he paid for. So when he does, when he sells that, he would be able to hopefully recognize a smaller gain than the partner that would not, you know, let's say they bought a, a corp where the ability to do a step up is much more minimized. Gotcha. And when you talk about those tiering charts, I'm having kind of flashbacks. As I already mentioned that, you know, partnership tax was not my my favorite, but we actually used to do a lot of these in connection with real estate and gifting yes. because uh, real estate and As you know, LLCs and LPs, um, that's something that kind of go hand in hand. And so these charts that you're referring to, even when they're just a couple of entities, can become very complicated. But you're talking about like millions of dollars worth of LLCs in various locations, right? Like all around the world. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, that's where it came from. Real estate was really the industry that had a tiered structure, but the tiers are maybe one maybe two levels at most. Mm -hmm. Here with private equity, we're dealing with a number of different levels, tiers, staircases. It's You're constantly climbing up the steps to get to the ultimate buyer. Right. And so when an investment, someone who's interested in investing and looking at these charts can get very overwhelming. You mentioned that this technology would help with, you mentioned K-1s. And also, is it projections? Like what kinds of things can you see using technology that may be more simple when you apply either artificial intelligence or um, some kind of machine learning to it? I think the ability to do allocations in an easier way, mm-hmm. Excel has always been the uh, the tool of choice for many. Yes. Excel is great. It has a lot of great features, but there's more, much more available. And that's AI. That's artificial intelligence. That is the cloud. That is a partnership tax technology platform. That is PartnerSite, what we use at our firm and what we've created, which will allow a GP and the LPs to inherit 
a platform where they could get a lot more diligence, a lot more data analytics could be done and get those K-1s sooner. That's really the beauty of what technology can do. Technology has always been something that can raise efficiency and effectiveness. And if you put that into the tax compliance realm, that means earlier K-1s, easier to get out, quicker turnaround, much better understanding of what you're invested in and at what level. And when you mentioned due diligence, I guess that makes a lot of sense in the in the realm of selling because the whole purpose of an investment is to get a return, right? So this is something that you would be doing in a fund much more often than you would necessarily in a regular, I'm buying one building LLC kind of situation, right? And also, it was interesting to me to hear you mention Excel because we actually did, um, a, one of my Bloomberg colleagues and I did a seminar recently on Excel spreadsheets and work papers and how increasingly folks are turning to different kinds of technology to produce documents that used to only be on Excel. And I think that that's really important because I think that a lot of folks, no matter how sophisticated they might be on the money side, you know, these are really difficult concepts to kind of wrestle through, right? Yes, absolutely. Excel, for all that, it's the, all the benefit that it did, it was great. But at this stage of where we are today in today's world, Excel is not the biggest tool we have. Artificial intelligence, the cloud, ways, there are di- different ways to accomplish the same task, but in a much more efficient way. And what do clients think about this? Are they enthusiastic? Are they a little reticent to embrace it? Because I know that is something we struggle with, I think a little bit in the tax world is, and the legal world, to be honest, is that sometimes we as professionals are slow to embrace technology. Are you finding that the clients are happy with this? And how do people within your firm respond as well? Yeah, I think change is difficult for everybody, right? Mm -hmm. But once we demo our product, we've had enormous success. We've had enormous approval. We've had people say to us, this is great. We've actually even said to us, we've had said to us, well, it would be great if you can add this feature to it. They've given us ample examples of what they would like to see. And we've improved the product. Mm -hmm. That's what the beauty of partnership tax technology can do as well. It's not something that's written in stone. It could be further enhanced and enhanced and enhanced, similar to a template that you just keep adding things to. That is another great feature of tax technology, partnership tax technology. It will allow you to think of other areas. And clients have been very receptive to it. Oh, great. Some clients have said, we want to be on this as soon as possible. Some clients have said, well, we'd like to see the state module. And the state module is coming out shortly because a lot of private equity funds are invested in various investments that file in 39 states. Mm -hmm. So if the investment files in 39 states, that means the fund has to file in 39 states. That means the LPs of the fund need, need to file in 39 states. So when you see the enormous amount of volume that's re- you need a systematic approach to addressing this. And we believe partnership tax technology is the answer. And we obviously believe our invention is really the state-of-the-art invention. And one of the things about tax, of course, is that it's changing all of the time. Is this something that you find to be a challenge as you guys are building a platform? I know in particular, you know, there's been a lot of concern about the extent of how much the tax code is going to change under a new administration. 
is this something that you worry about or do you take it kind of one year at a time? Or is this something you've been kind of thinking forward on? Like, what is the process there? Yeah, we've had a lot of forward thinking on that. And it's a great question, Kelly. I mean, with tax, with the new administration, there's always the ability that tax rules can change. Mm -hmm. And sometimes tax rules change every year, certain ones, you know, but the one that we're, we're constantly looking at currently today is the recent tax proposal and change to policy that's on the table right now. So with our partnership tax technology, we've taken that into consideration. We've already forward thought what the changes could be and how we would have to change our platform to meet those changes. But that's why I think also another reason for technology is that it's quick. It's a quick fix. Mm -hmm. It's a quick change. It's unlike, let's say, in Excel, that you would have to change the formula. Here, it's automatic. It's gaining it. It's getting it from the web. The web is probably the most fundamentally quickest way to access information. Well, think of it that way. Partnership tax technology can do that for us a lot more efficiently. And is this something that you guys do on an annual basis or is this real time? Because I'm kind of trying to picture it in my head. Is this, you mentioned K1. So obviously K1s would be something that would be an annual basis. Is this something that you revalue or how does that work? We onboard the client to our partnership site technology platform. From there, they're able to share the value. So they will have rights, read-only rights, let's say, to go into the program to go into the packets, to download analytical information, to download specific partner information for one of their LPs. So this is real time. This is real time. This is not something that we can do that that's done in the future. Now we're in the 2020 tax reporting period, right? So for some of our clients, we're waiting for the 2021 tax reporting period because that's when we'll onboard them. For other clients, Some of them have already gone through the pilot process. And the pilot process was the initial stage for uh, some of our clients to be onboarded onto partner site. So they are already there. But this is really the wave of the future, I think. I think a lot more tax returns are going to be done through a partnership tax technology platform because uh, we see it to be a a huge, huge benefit to uh, tax compliance. That was actually one of my questions as well, is when you had mentioned earlier, you know, that this was something that you're expanding, you're expanding the state. Do you have a plan for what comes next? Is the plan to kind of focus on this and make it better? Or is it to expand into new areas or or what's kind of the plan? I think the plan is to make it better every day. We strive strive to make our tax package and our partnership tax technology up to date constantly. We're constantly thinking of ways to improve it. And that's why clients have been very, very helpful to us. The market has been very helpful to us. So we've gone to a lot of prospect PE funds and we've presented this and they've been amazed. And they said, oh, they would be great if you could do this. And we say, absolutely. We're taking a list here. Um, We're listening to you. And that's really been beneficial for us to get more clients because this is definitely a, a decision maker. This is something that is new, something that's exciting and something that is easily and makes their life a lot easier to manage their tax affairs for them and their LPs. And partnership tax, as I I mentioned at the top of the program, it's already so complicated anyway. Are there any particular pieces that have been more challenging than others when you're putting this together in terms of like 
maybe quirks in the law or just ways that I know you mentioned allocations earlier was a big factor. Is there anything else that you look at and you're like, you know what, this was something that we struggled with and now we have it the way we want it? Or has it all sort of been on the same wavelength? I think you hit it right on the nose, Kelly, when you said allocations. I think the most difficult and most intriguing part, partners tax law, is the allocations, especially in private equity and financial services in general, asset management. And that's because there's all these different allocations that could be done. There's this waterfall calculation. There's uh, 704C allocations. There are all these types of allocations that all need to be taken into consideration when doing a partnership. Mm -hmm. So as a practitioner, there's a lot of different allocation methods. There's a lot of different Excel spreadsheets that used to be that were held and there were continuously large Excel spreadsheets for the number of partners we had and for the different types of allocations that we needed to keep track of. You know, recently, the biggest change to uh, tax allocations has been that the IRS has mandated tax basis information on the K-1s. For us, that was a big, big change because uh, we couldn't report off of, you know, book capital or gap capital. We had a report now on tax basis. But we've all adjusted to it, and we really feel that that's going to help us going forward. But partnership tax technology can maintain all these allocations. They can keep track of this. They have the the ability, the AI that's there, that's built into the technology, allows us to keep track of all these different allocations on an efficient way. Because that's really, like you said, that's one of the biggest areas of partnership tax, and that's what makes it very complicated is that the ability to, to to allocate to certain partners one way and allocate to another partner another way based on a waterfall calculation and steps that need to take place for a carry to exist for a GP is very involved. And does your firm handle any of the actual partnership returns or do you just do the information returns or do you do both? We do the partnership returns. Okay. You know, informational returns, those are, you know, those are, I'm not sure exactly which informational returns you're talking about, but the actual partnership tax returns we do. Okay. We work from the partnership tax returns to the GPs, to the management companies, to the individuals. So you handle all the tiers. I was wondering like, if you just help produce the K-1s for the taxpayer at the bottom or if you're working all the way down. No, we're working through every level, every tier, in other words, and we're structuring at every tier. We're planning at every tier. And we're consulting at every tier. Do you find that as the tax code is becoming more complicated, that putting aside the tech piece for a second, do you think that the work is more involved and interesting or do you find it more frustrating? Because the reason I ask that, and I know it sounds like a, like almost like a softball question, but the reason I ask that is because I've talked to a lot of folks who have been in the business for a while and their views on what they do are changing because of the complexity of the tax code and partnership tax in particular. I've always found a little tricky. I know other people are, and it's changing as different uh, entities, for example, are being introduced. Because, you know, it used to be just an LLC, and then you have you had LPs, and now you have LLPs, and then in some places you have LLPs. And you know, there's all kinds of different entities from state to state. Do you find that a little frustrating, or do you look at that and think that this is really exciting and can't wait to see what comes next? Like, how do you feel about the changes? Yeah, no, that's, that's really more of a question, the answer may depend on the person you speak to. Mm -hmm. Uh, In my view, I think I find it exciting. Okay. 
you mentioned different partnership entity types. Could be a general partner, could be a limited partner, could be a limited liability company, LLP. There's different ways to do that. And what's interesting that we haven't really touched upon is the state tax consequences of all this, Mm -hmm. right? So each state, unlike the federal, let's say there's 39 state income tax states, each state will have their different rules on how to either tax a partnership, how they tax the LPs, will the state allow the partnership to make tax payments on behalf of their LPs? These are all things that are different among all the states. Mm -hmm. So that's what makes it fascinating to me. And those laws are always changing, right? So to stay on top of every law, you really need help. And that help sometimes is a lot of reading. You know, I I do a lot of different reading, especially during COVID. It's given me the opportunity to, to read more. I think that's one big area. And to experience the state tax rules, to go through and file a return for South Dakota or um, Minnesota is different among those two states and learning how to do that. Because once you learn it a few times and you do it, it becomes second nature in a lot of ways. Unfortunately, the laws change. Right. So how do you keep track of all this? You have to read a lot and depend on technology. Right. Technology, you know, when I started out and working in this profession, there was a lot of research books that you had to go through. And it was, I felt like the, the guy that was sitting in the library, the law student that had like 50 books piled on top of his desk. Now it's with a push of a button. Oh, no, it's amazing. In law school, we used to do something called shepherdizing, which is right. where you would pull like a case and then you'd have to figure out all the either the complementary case law, what's negative, what's, you know, what supports your position. And it was all done by hand. And now, like you said, you can do it with the push of a button. I find that fascinating that it's yeah. that quick. And it's been in a short period of time. Right. I mean, that's what I think is is interesting to me because when you look at the book pulling, right, that was that was decade after decade after decade. And then just within the last 20 years is when we've seen these advances where you can shepherdize online now by, you know, Bloomberg does it, other, other entities do it. You can do it pretty quickly. I remember the first time that I started in accounting and I worked for a firm and I was working in the tax department at the time. And uh, the the partner asked me to do some research on a, I think it was a section 179 or some sort. So uh, I went into the law into the tax library and this thing was huge. I was by myself. I was, you know, I was moving through all these books. One of the books was like, I pulled one book out from a top shelf. The rest of the books fell over. Um, <laughs> it, it was uh, one of the most traumatic things that I went through as a professional. But now, like you said, to push of a button. Similarly, that's what tax technology is all about. A push of a button. Updating a partner's address that may be located in you know seven different related entities. Mm-hmm. Or in the old days, you just, you used to have to change his address on seven separate occasions, on seven separate returns. Right. Now, with partnership technology, you make the change once, you push that button, and it flows to all the entities. So it's a lot, it's it's a time saver. It's a lot sure. it's similar to tax research. Where tax research was and where it is today could be said of the same thing. Where tax compliance was 10 years ago and where it's going to be today are two different things. Right. And I think the interesting piece of this, which sometimes I think gets lost in these discussions, is we talk about how it's a time saver. What I think that means, at least on on the law side, is that you can spend more time paying attention 
to the underlying pieces and you can have spend more time consulting and figuring out the next step rather than worrying about, did I change an address seven times? So it it actually, you know, I, I think we talk a lot about speed, but it's not just getting a return done faster. It's being able to devote more of your time and your experience and your education to the customer instead of doing the data entry. Exactly. The same thing in tax. It gives you the ability to plan more. It gives you the ability to speak to clients more regularly. Mm -hmm. You're not tied to uh, preparing a tax return. You're more involved in tax consulting, being more interactive with clients and with the market, sharing your knowledge. These are things that are going to be gained by, uh, by technology. Right. Oh, I agree. What do you kind of think comes next in technology? Like, do you have a thing you're looking or a problem that you're looking at down the road and you're like, you know what, if only we could figure out how to fix this? You know, that's a great question again, Kelly. I mean, I, I think that, again, that really depends on who you speak to. For me, I think the, the global connection, what I wonder often is how do we control the tax consequences that may occur in the U.S. that may be different than, let's say, in the U.K., France, or you know, India, for that matter. Mm-hmm. That's really what I think it's on the horizon. I think the, the ability to be more efficient and more effective with our global expansion of tax is going to be something that's going to be a major issue. Well, that's awesome. Thank you so much. I think this has been really interesting because, again, I think a lot of folks don't know you're kind of you're used to maybe looking at something on a screen and and doing one one thing, right? Like one calculation or one work paper. And so to be able to do all of these things at the same time, I think is really fascinating. And I think it's something we're going to see more of. If people wanted to find you and you wanted to be found either on social <laughs> either on social media or on the web, uh, where would you send them? I would send them to LinkedIn. I am pretty active on LinkedIn. Also, I'm very actively on Facebook. And we could do it the old way by going to an email and you can email me at any time. And I think uh, my email address can be uh, disclosed. It's jerry.musi at rsmus.com. And that's Jerry with a J and two R's. Great. I'll be sure to put that in the show notes too so that people can find it easily. So. Thank Thank you. you. I really appreciate it. This has been terrific. Oh, it's been great for me too, Kelly. Thank you so much. I'd love to know what you thought of this episode. You can send an email with your feedback to podcast at taxgirl.com. And if you liked it, please share. You can find the audio of each episode at taxgirl.com. You can also subscribe at Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or your favorite listening app so you never miss an episode. Thanks for listening, because paying taxes is painful, but hearing about them shouldn't have to be.